are you currently pitching to brands? If you are, what's your response rate? Of that, what's your success rate? One of the biggest struggles that I hear from creators is that they're taking the time to send pitches and either not getting a response, or if they are getting a response, they're not able to secure a formal partnership. Trust me, I get it. In the last five plus years, I've been pitching to brands using so many different methods. There's really a lot that goes into successfully pitching to a brand. First of all, there's actually an entire checklist that you need to work on before you even think about writing up that pitch email. Making sure that you're putting your best foot forward for a great first impression is crucial. Even after you've completed that checklist, you've got to find the right brands to pitch to, right? How are you supposed to figure out which brands are right for you to work with? Sometimes it can be hard to brainstorm new brands in general, never mind ones that are perfectly on brand and currently working with creators. Then, once you've found that dream list of brands, writing up a perfectly captivating email that sweeps the brand off their feet is tougher than it looks. What can we say in our pitches that will make us stand out? And how can we make a brand understand who we are and what our intentions are in just this tiny little message? Overall, the entire pitching process can be frustrating, overwhelming, and incredibly tedious, but there are so many little things that we can do to make it a little bit more manageable and hopefully really successful too. I'm Kristen Busquette, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, we're here with Jordan Nicholson, a content creator and influencer coach who has been in the game for over seven years and has a background in journalism, videography, and photography. She's an expert in content creation and landing brand deals, and she teaches her students how to maximize their income through brand partnerships. Today, we're diving into everything that you need to know about pitching and getting the brand's attention. How do you find the brands that are looking for creators just like you? Then, how can you wow them in your initial pitch email? How do you get them to see your value? We're giving you the scoop on all things pitching and initiating relationships with brands. This, my biz BFF, is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 42 of Social Scoop. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. We've got a lot of news this week. Instagram is making some serious moves, but also Pinterest, so I'm really excited to tell you all about it. First of all, Meta is launching new Instagram Reels features. A lot of them are actually bringing Instagram Reels features over to Facebook Reels. And I personally am not really utilizing Facebook Reels, but I actually have a friend who is, and she actually sent me her results not too long ago, and she's having really, really great results there. So she's going into the back end on Facebook taking her reels and then uploading them specifically to Facebook reels. So it's definitely something to think about doing. And again, a lot of those reels features are going to be moving over to Facebook reels as well. So you can keep that in mind. But on Instagram reels, they are going to be expanding the add your sticker that we see on stories onto Instagram reels. So if you made a reel, maybe I always use the example of showing your dog. Maybe it's something about like show us the cutest video of your dog and someone makes that into a reel. You can use the add your sticker to add 
your reel of the cutest video of your dog and it will go onto the add your sticker so people can discover your video through that sticker. And they are going to be having some sort of like ranking on this as far as I've heard where like the top performers, you know, will obviously live closer to the top. So it could actually be a really good opportunity for people to find your content and actually discover your profile. However, I have to say, I have just not been someone to use any of the Reels features. (laughs) I don't know why. I just like, I can't do it. I'm just not into it. I'm going to start playing around with it eventually, but like today is just not the day. And I've been saying that to myself every day. Instagram is also working on a content appreciation feature. So stay with me on this one. When you're on Reels, if you're watching videos on Reels, there is, you know, the like button, the comment button, the share button. And then after the share button, you're going to see a crown icon. And again, this is something that's in the works, so you won't see it when you go look right now. But when you click on that crown icon, you will be able to, quote, send a gift to that creator. This reminds me a lot of TikTok. Like when you're on live, you can send gifts and things like that. Like you can send roses. I still like don't really fully understand that. Maybe I'm the only one or maybe that's like a total normal opinion. But this whole like send a gift thing is something that I don't think like a lot of people are taking advantage of. And I'm not sure that on Instagram, like this is going to be something that people will be doing all the time. I know for me, like if I'm on Instagram live and I have my badges turned on, maybe every other time I go live, someone will buy a badge for like a dollar or $2. But like I personally am not making any sort of legitimate income from that. And I also feel like it's so weird to ever like, it would have to happen so organically. Like you could never ask someone, oh, like, feel free to like send a gift, hit the crown icon below so you can send me a gift. I don't know. I personally feel weird about it. But again, like I can see maybe some people do use it in a way that feels comfortable for everyone. But between the subscriptions, between the sending a gift feature, Instagram badges, there are a lot of new ways for creators to make money. But I do think that they're a lot more beneficial for creators who have a lot of followers. Because again, like I don't care how strong my community is. Most people who are, you know, watching my lives or watching my reels aren't probably going to like send me money just for, you know, teaching them something. (laughs) That's what they go buy courses for. I talked about this maybe last week or the week before, but Instagram is still working on the profile feed ads feature. So if you haven't heard about this yet, I think it's a really important one to mention. And as I just said, they are kind of initiating a lot of new features for creators to monetize. And this is absolutely one of them. So this will basically allow you to earn money when viewers see ads that are in between posts on your profile. So they'll live in your feed. And this is something that you can toggle on and off. So you don't have to have this on, but it basically could be a toggle on so that you allow profile feed monetization. So when people click on the ads that are in your profile, you will earn a commission. I have no idea what that commission looks like. I also absolutely hate the idea of there being ads on my profile, considering I like have a very specific way. Like I'm one of those people who still cares about the way my feed looks. And I feel like a lot of other people are as well. So again, I definitely won't be turning this on. I don't need to make a small ad commission that bad that I'm willing to like 
you know, piss off my community, but also like make my feed look not how I want it to look. (laughs) So I personally will probably not be using this. But again, like if you're really looking to monetize and you have a lot of people that would click on ads on your profile, this could be a great monetization option. Now, this is one that I don't have a ton of information on. It's something that they're just starting to work on. And this is a public collections feature. So essentially, what from what I can understand, there's kind of like two ways that I'm thinking this might work. So it basically, this will be groups of saved posts that you can share publicly. So I don't know if this is like a saved collection that you can share publicly where. That's what I'm confused about. Like, does it go um, as a guide? You know, we have Instagram guides. Again, I don't really think a lot of people use those, but does it kind of go on as a saved collection in your guides? Do we add it to stories? Like where does this live? Does it have its own tab? I guess there are a few different options. So I'm not really sure, but it seems that they're going to be offering some sort of option where you can almost make like a Pinterest board that you can share with your audience, which again, I think could be really cool. I might put like a bunch of other people's posts in there that are like good resources. Or maybe if you are like a food page, you can have, you know, gluten-free recipes all in one little collection again and publicly post that. So I can see it being used um, in a few different ways. I'm just a little confused about where it's going to live, but hopefully we'll have more information on that soon. Now, this one is actually really, really cool, and I'm hoping that I'm able to get on this. So Pinterest is debuting a new app called Shuffles, and it's for collage making and mood board making. So essentially, you'll be able to put together collages using photos, image cutouts, and other animated effects. So the images can be grabbed from Pinterest's photo library, or you can use your camera or your photo library yourself. You'll basically be able to cut out an individual object from one of these photos using just a tap, which I think is really great. And then they can be rotated, layered, or resized so that you can create a collage. And right now, this app is invite only, but you're able to join a waitlist on the home screen when you download the app. So if you're looking to download the Shuffles app from Pinterest and get on that waitlist, you can actually go right to the show notes that are linked in the description here, and you'll be able to download the app there. And I'm really, really excited for this. If anyone gets on there, please let me know what it's like and let me know if it's as awesome as it seems. Now, I know if you're a creator, you've probably at some point started to pitch to brands and had a lot of trouble with it because you're not getting as much back that you're probably putting in. So this week, I'm very excited to say we have an entire episode about pitching with Jordan Nicholson, who is an amazing Charlotte creator. We actually spoke on a panel together at an event in Charlotte, and I love I love her energy. Like She is such a gem. So you guys are going to love Jordan. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode and both of our DMs, I'm sure, are always open for you if you have any questions. All right, guys, I'm so excited for today's episode because I get so many questions about pitching. I think it's one of the things that creators struggle with the most. So Jordan is here to answer all of our questions about pitching, and I'm honestly so excited to learn from her too. So Jordan, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. You are just killing the game. And when you reached out to me, I was like, oh my gosh, she's asking. I've made it. I have made it. She asked me to come on her podcast. So I'm honored. Thank you for having me. Of course. I think it's so funny. Like I, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like, do you ever have students who are just like, 
oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I'm on a video call with you. It's so crazy. And like, you're just, it's the most weird feeling ever because yeah. you're like, I'm just such a normal person. <laughs> yes, like, it is I'm, weird. I'm learning the ropes just like everyone else is every day. So it's yeah. so funny to have those interactions, but I appreciate it. It really is. I saw a girl at church the other day and she was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, uh, she was like, you don't know me, but I know you. Like she was freaking out. And I'm like, girl, I am not a star. Like you don't have That's to be star. Like, I am just like you. I am just exactly. like you. Well, and I mean, I think that's like actually a huge part of being a creator is like, Mm -hmm. we are all just totally normal people. And like the internet makes everyone look a certain sort of way. And like you see people in certain lights, but like at the end of the day, we're all just totally normal people. (laughs) Right, right. No, you're 100% right. Oh my gosh, the internet is crazy. So speaking of the crazy internet, pitching is one of those things where I just feel like creators like there's so much information out there about pitching and like so many things that some people are like that's how you do it other people are like absolutely don't do that like pitching to me is like the wild west even to teach because I feel like I have my opinions on pitching and like the way I teach it but like everyone is just so different so I'm super excited to hear like kind of your opinions and your experiences too with pitching but Before we even get into the actual pitching process, I know that there are some things that creators really need to like think about before they even start pitching. So what are the things that you basically suggest that creators kind of check off their list to ensure that they are like on point before they even start thinking about pitching to a brand? So I'm about to be very controversial right now. All right, let's hear it. I think that as a content creator, I'm not saying not as a coach, not as an entrepreneur, like a business, you know, teacher, you need to have some sort of aesthetic. And the reason why I say that is because let's say you really want to work with, let's say Ulta Beauty, but your page is just not in line with Ulta Beauty's beauty standards. (laughs) You know, like, honestly, I was negotiating with, with a brand and they were like, well, can you take pictures and show us where you would shoot your content? And I had never been asked that before, but I, I, yeah, it was really (laughs) weird. I was like, well, here are the three places I'm thinking. And they were like, okay, well, um, outside in the grass next to the green turtle sandbox, isn't going to work because our aesthetic is very neutral. Okay. And so in my mind, I'm like, they want creators that are in line with their brand already. And so I would say to really have like your dream brands uh, like listed out and start creating content that is going to like catch their eye. Yeah. So you, you create to be aligned with your brands that you want to work with. Because if you're out of their aesthetic, then why are they going to want to work with you? They want people who are already in tune and aligned with their brand. That's a really valid point. Because I feel like even for me personally, with so many brands that reach out to me, it's like the first thing that they're saying in their email is, we love your bright, colorful page, da 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 and then they go into their pitch. But like so many mm-hmm. brands start off with, with that in their email. And I think that's such a, an important thing to think about is like, you have to be creating content that's going to appeal to those brands. Because obviously, a lot of brands at this point are also going to want to be using the content. And like, uh, just like us, they want to curate a whole image, they want to curate this whole feed. And how are they supposed to do that if your content is not going to make any sense with their branding? 
Exactly. And they're also, I think they're really strategic in that way. If they know that Kristen loves bright colors, then a lot of her followers probably also love bright colors or they, or at least they don't mind bright colors. Exactly. And then on the other hand, me, I love neutral tones. I'm very boring and basic when it comes to colors <laughs> and brands know that my followers are most likely into the boho, the modern yeah. neutral tones. And that, that says a lot about the brands that, you know, we work with brands don't reach out to me and say, I love your bright colors. They say, we love your neutral tones right? because it's aligned with them. So I would say that aesthetic is like the first thing to start thinking about when you are creating content in efforts to work with brands, work in brand partnerships. But if you are somebody who is a coach or you are sharing tips, I don't think it's that important. People want the information, right? They want the information. I agree. So that's what I would say is aesthetic. Yeah. And I mean, also going along with the aesthetics too, I feel like it kind of like helps you almost choose brands that are going to build trust with your audience. Because we've all seen an influencer who takes on a partnership with a brand and it sticks out like a sore thumb. It doesn't make sense. It feels weird. Mm -hmm. Everyone who follows them looks at it and is just like, this doesn't make sense. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. And so if you're choosing brands that already like have such a similar look and feel to you, it's going to fit into your feed so seamlessly. And then I don't think it like sticks out so much as an ad for your audience too, because the other thing too is like the second you lose trust with your audience, like that's the biggest thing you have of value a lot of the times as a creator. And when you lose that, how are you supposed to be talking brands into working with you if you don't have anyone right. who's going to convert into a customer for them? That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's such an important aspect of like just just making sure you're partnering with the right brands too. For sure. So basically like if a creator has kind of really understood who they are as a brand, like they've got their aesthetics down, how can they actually find those brands that might be like aligned with them? Well, I always look around my house and I always tell (laughs) my students to look around, look around your house and collect those items. A few years ago, when I really, really wanted to tap into this industry, I like made the decision. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I hired a photographer to come to my house. And before that, I literally made a shot list And I put all of the brands that I love and that I'm spending tons of money on. And like, so this was like Pampers, vitamins. It was everything you can think of. I I literally ran through my day. I'm like, what do I do in the morning? Okay, vitamins. What do I eat? What do my kids eat? Okay, we also like cookies. We eat smart food popcorn for snacks. Yeah. Like all the things. And I literally had the photographer take pictures of my family and I. We, We did like outfit changes. And that was like that when they say fake it till you make it, I was faking it hard. And I just posted these brands. And it's funny because other brands don't really know the terms that you had with these other brands. So I'm sure that brands were looking at my page like, oh, she worked with smart food popcorn. (laughs) She worked with like all the goalie gummies and pampers, all of these brands. Like, wow, we needed, we need to talk to her. We need her. And so that's like some, that's like an easy, tangible thing. I think anybody can do. You don't have to hire a photographer. I just, I have two kids and a husband and none of them really cooperate. I'm just like, I need help. But that's something like, that's a tangible action step that you can take is creating a list of all the brands that you would love to work with. Literally get like a big bucket or a box and put all the, all the products in there and just go around your house and take pictures with those things and post about them. Yeah. And you know, some people are like, 
well, I'm like giving them free content. I think the thing that people don't realize is they cannot use it right. without your permission. They can't put ad money behind it without your permission. And that is where we can leverage our influence. We can leverage our content and say, Hey, I saw that you reshared my post on your story. I would love yeah. to talk to you about giving you rights and like usage for that. And that's right. where you go in and you start negotiating, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Yes. But that's just <laughs> kind of like where I started off. That's kind of like where my brain took me. My wheels started turning and I was like, I got to make something happen. I love that. And I, it's funny, as you were talking, my next question was going to be like, where do you stand on the whole, like, oh, should I create this organic content for free first? Because I think a lot of people, again, are like, well, I don't want to do it for free because then they're never going to pay me. But I think yeah. they're looking at it in the wrong way. Like, I, I completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. I've, I actually will give an exact example. This just happened to me recently. So I posted a year ago of a TikTok video about an influencer platform, Aspire IQ. And I was just talking about like the pros and cons of the platform, how I really liked it. It was like in my top five platforms. And they never said anything about it. Okay, that's fine. A year later, they just sent me an email last week. Hey, we saw your video on TikTok. Like, we want to talk to you. Da, 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 da. And I was just like, it's so crazy how things come full circle. But like, yes. I think the thing to remember is that it doesn't always necessarily happen quickly. Like you have to have mm -hmm. a lot of patience mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of instant gratification yeah. as a creator. <laughs> no, you're a hundred percent right about that. Something similar happened to me as well. It's a well-known gene. They're known for their genes. Yeah. They reached out to me. I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, this is so crazy. And they wanted to give me like basically like $250 worth of like jeans and like, yeah. you know, and, and clothes. And so I like counter offer, counter negotiated. And I was like, Hey, I would love to have like a formal, uh, like a formal collaboration and right. discuss what 90 days usage would look like, or like, you know, I, I, I negotiated and leveraged uh, different things with them. And they were like, okay, well we can keep you in mind for future paid opportunities. And I was like, I don't want to lose them. And I know that there's a lot yeah. of influencers like that, but I think that's where as influencers, as content creators, we set our boundaries. Like, what are we willing to do? Yeah. And so are we willing to have 200, $300 a month worth of jeans and our favorite clothes shipped to our door in exchange for a TikTok video? Maybe your answer is yes. And I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. Yeah. It's okay. If that, if that's worth it to you because you love this company so much, you're like, oh yes, absolutely. Then that's fine. And so for me, I'm like, okay, let me do this this time. Let me make a TikTok, which is raw and organic. It's not a cinematic. Yeah. It's not a cinematic video. Let me do this. It takes five seconds. And that way. <laughs> I can reach back out and say, oh my gosh, this was so much fun. I love these jeans so much. All my friends, I got all my friends to buy them and yep. all my followers are talking about them. What would you say about like another collaboration right. and see where it goes from there? I think it's important to establish rapport with brands and to build the relationship. I think a lot of people just kind of like forget that there are humans on the other side of the emails. Mm -hmm. And when you establish a real connection that changes something like yeah. I have, I've been talking to people in the emails and I'll be like, Hey, is there anything like I could do for you, you, for you? Do you need anything? Right. Is there any, do I have anything that you need in your personal life? And, you know, come to find out one of the, one of the marketing managers, she had a business herself and she was like, oh yeah, I, I have this. Can you help me with this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I love that. And so you just, you just never know. There, like, just remember there is a person 
on the other end. And when you establish those relationships, like you don't know what can happen. Exactly. I am expecting that after I post this video of these jeans, it's going to go viral. That's what I'm expecting. Manifesting. And I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to bring it to them and say, Hey, it did really well. I would love to give you usage and X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I would love to work with you again. Yeah. I see that there's a new, there's another campaign coming out. I see that you're launching your bell bottoms. Like, what's up? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's so much easier for them in that situation to be like, okay, yeah, because you've already proven that you can create great content. You've proven that you can create content that people actually want to engage with and watch the full video. Like, you know, you, you've created a, a, an advertisement that actually works, you know, and that you're trustworthy and you're easy to work with. You're dependable, you're reliable. Those are all things that brands look for. It's so true. That you're on time, you're prompt you communicate. Yeah. It's crazy too. Cause like I've actually been on the other side of these partnerships before I was a a full-time creator. I used to just manage campaigns for brands. And I, as a type A, like control freak person, like I'm like a grammar freak, you know, like I'm thinking that this communication process is going to be like so seamless and beautiful. And I was like slapped in the face with people who like didn't even write in full sentences, took three weeks to send me an invoice, would just not post the content, like just just not post it and like pretend it just never happened after we signed the contract. Like you honestly would not even believe how far that being a professional, like reliable creator goes compared to all the other people out there who literally just aren't and they don't see a problem with it. Not solely that they don't see a problem with it, but they don't know how. Yeah. I think that this is such a new industry. It's still so fresh. And it's not like, well, I know I didn't go. I I, I don't know about you, but I didn't go to school and they were teaching this. I went to school and they taught me journalism, videography, some photography, and just journalistic skills. I did not go to school and they taught us how to pitch and negotiate and price ourselves and, you know, go back and forth in the emails about this. So I think that there is power in our, what are, what are we millennials? Is that right? Yeah. We're we're millennials. (laughs) We have a leg up because we still, we're that generation that has some of that, um, you know, we, we like know how to be perfect. Kind of, yeah. Old school yeah. professionalism, but Gen Z, they don't have that. They don't right. have it. They might know how to go viral on TikTok, but they don't yeah. know how to send an email and reply <laughs> <It's> all. Scary. <laughs> yeah. Scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely think like when I think back to brands that will consistently come back and want to hire me time and time again, they always are like, you're so easy to work with. We love working with you. It's seamless because I'm organized and I'm prompt and like I over deliver and I'm just trying to make their lives easy because I feel like when you can make their lives easy, they're just automatically like your content could be subpar, but they're still just like, I, my life is seamless working with this girl. Like I'm going to keep her on my team as often as I can. So like, even just that, like, I mean, obviously you want your content to be the best that it can be, but like, even if your content is not the most perfect photo out of everyone who submitted content, you being a professional is still probably going to put you up higher on their list. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It makes a big difference. I just made an Instagram post about that, about just like being authentic and like respectful and leading with integrity in this industry. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I love it. It really is so important. Let's dive into the pitch because everyone's listening and they're like, yeah, but tell us how to pitch. Okay. So I am really curious. So what does your ideal pitch look like? Like when you have a dream brand that you're about to send an email to or pitch to, however you send it, Mm -hmm. what does your pitch look like? It really depends on the brand. So let's say it's a really girly brand and they have like a lot of frilly things they might have lip glosses and like just girl stuff. Yeah. I might like pitch them, "Hey girlies, I'm obsessed with your X Y and Z. It's like literally so yummy. Like it's it makes my lips so luscious, whatever, right?" Yeah, and, you're channeling um, the brand's energy. <laughs> absolutely. I definitely that's that's exactly what I do. And then I always end with an open-ended question. Is there someone that you can connect me with? to talk about a potential collaboration. I never say a potential opportunity because then it makes it sound like I'm opportunistic. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, and that's just me in my head. I'm like, no, that sounds like you are self-seeking. But if you say collaboration, it's like we're collaborating together to benefit one another. And that's just, that's my personal way. That's, that's just what I teach. That's what I do. I like it though. It makes sense. Let's say it's a different brand. That's um, maybe like a more corporate feeling brand. Mm -hmm. Um, I've worked with like open door. They do like home sales and, you know, they, they, they'll buy your house. And so for them, I would say something along the lines of, Hey, open door. I am currently looking to like move. And I saw that that's exactly what you guys do. I'm also a content creator and I would love to create some beautiful content for you or some really captivating content for you. Would you be open to something like this? Question mark. I definitely cater my pitches to the brand and their brand identity. Every pitch is different. Yeah. There's no pitch that is exactly alike. Yeah, the copy and paste pitch is just like, can we not do that I know, anymore? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I think that and it's the a brands really are good thinking starting the same point. Thing. <laughs> I know. I think it's a really good starting point. You yeah, know, because um, I have I have an influencer starter kit and I give yes. pitch templates. Obviously, I can't you know get in there and you like can, yeah, give everyone yeah. But I, I, I tell them like, this is a good starting point. Use this framework. This is the framework right. for your pitch. Fill in the blank, use different words and make it your own. Yep. And so I think the more you pitch, the more comfortable you get. The more like you realize there are real people and right. they get tired of the same stuff every day. So how can I excite the brand? Yeah. So I'll, I mean, I'll even say some off the wall stuff. I'll be like, no, you don't understand. Like you really don't get it. I am like, <laughs> literally on the floor obsessed with this x y and z i will say off the wall stuff like that but like they're gonna read that and they're be like read it. who is this girl i love her exactly exactly that's exactly why i do it and mm-hmm. a good brand a brand that is really invested in their marketing they will read the message you know the, they're going through their messages they're gonna read it 100%. it's all about captivating their attention and setting yourself apart by just like talking to them like they're a human. It's yeah. a human. It's a human right there that's <laughs> responding. It's not a robot. It's right. not a robot unless you get an automated voice or an automated <laughs> message. So just rem- reminding yourself that. Yeah. What would that person in that position, what would you like to see if you were in their position as a marketing manager or whatever? What would right. be like, oh yeah, we, we need her. Like what would that, yeah. that message look like? I totally agree. It's important for creators to remember that we're service providers. So like we're there to show the brand that like we understand them and we're we're ready to provide a service that's going to help them out. It's not about 
writing a pitch email that's going to say, hey, you know, I love this brand. Da, da, da. I really want to do a partnership with you because I'm dying to get a pair of your jeans and whatever it is. Like, they yeah. don't care. It's not about you. Like, the point yeah, is, yeah. is for you to say, this is what I can do for you. I can, you know, boost right. your brand awareness. I can create this beautiful content. Like, what can I do yes. for you? I think if that's not the theme of the pitch, then you have to change, at least just change the wording around so that it feels more like you're there to cater to them versus that you're there to get money from them, basically. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think naturally, when you don't feel like you're being used, you want to give more. 100%. That's just how we are as as humans. We want to give more when we feel like someone's being genuine and they actually really want to help us out. It's like, oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me look out for you. Let me, let me figure out a way to help you. Yeah. It's as soon as you said that, my mind went immediately to people that send me DMs on Instagram with like a giant paragraph of all this stuff they want help with and what should I charge for this and da da da. And they don't even follow me. <laughs> Yo, that, I'm sorry. <laughs> that is so, it's disrespectful. It's really disrespectful. It like, it's, it's laughable <laughs> to me at a certain point. Cause I'm just like, it's, how do you not see the issue with this? Yeah. And also, why are you asking me for advice if you don't even feel like I'm worthy of following? Of following. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Are you copying, pasting it to all of the influencer? Maybe that's what they're doing. They're copying that and pasting it to it. all of the influencer coaches out there. Just trying I never to thought find about that. Maybe we, maybe we're getting the same messages because <laughs> I get those sometimes and I'm like, you literally don't follow me. I don't have invested. I you, have, you haven't invested in anything of mine yet. You're asking me for advice. Like to invest my time. Yeah. It's a no. What? It's a no. It's a no. It's, a no. it's absolutely no. I've even um, had people ask me for audits. Like, Hey, can you audit my page? Here's my, no. here's my <laughs> checkout link. <laughs> you can right. go buy an hour call with me. Sure. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a fine line. It's a fine line, but my mind went there immediately when you said that. So I'm curious too. So with your pitch, it sounds like your pitch is kind of just saying like, Hey, you know, I love the brand. This is, this is why I love it. You're again, channeling that brand's energy. Mm-hmm. You're asking that open-ended question at the end. Um, but are you basically like, is there meat in your pitch in between that? Or is that what your typical pitch, the whole thing looks like? So when I pitch in the DMs, it's usually like, it's a, oh my gosh, hey, yeah, I'm Jordan, like inter- like a quick brief, like, hey, Not I'm Jordan. Life story. Life- <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a lifestyle content creator. I create content around and I cater even that to the brand. So, hey, I'm Jordan. Right. I'm a mommy content creator. If I'm pitching to like a kid's brand, yeah, I've been using your X, Y, and Z, or I love your da, 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 da. Yep. Even if I've never used it before, I love it because it makes life easier. I didn't say it makes my life easier. It makes right. life easier. You know, you can tweak it. I love so you what don't, you're doing. You here. don't have to. Yeah. Like I yeah. love, I love what y'all are doing. And then I get down to, and then I say something like, I would love to create something really beautiful. I usually use those words. Like I would love to create beautiful or the word captivating. Those are like my go-to words or I I may have used the word viral or eye catching. Mm -hmm. Yes. I would love to create some potential viral videos for you. And then I end with that, that question. Yeah. But I don't get too meaty. I think that Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you can look at my page and see what I, what I can offer you. Like the evidence is there. And I think that's, there's beauty in pitching in the DMs 
at first, right? Because right. it's one click. It's like, oh, who is that? Boom. And you can already see what I can offer you right then and there. You can see my following count. You can go and see how many people are liking and commenting on my posts, all of that. Yeah. And so from there, I get the email address and then I will email them and say, hey, we just we just spoke on Instagram, on DMs. And then I'll even say, I'll, I'll kind of, it's a little manipulative, but hey, I do it. But I'm like, <laughs> hey, um, we were just in Insta- on Instagram talking about how we're going to collaborate. I love that. Like, you're almost like, like it's again, already, it's like manifestation. Like, yeah, we're just gonna like, put that out already, there. <laughs> yeah, and it's almost like you gotta play dumb. Like, you gotta, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you, you, so you're not interested, or oh, you are, you are, you are interested. Okay, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they gave you the emails, so right, right, exactly. So I, I kind of like talk to brands. Like, it's a matter of fact that we are working together, yeah. and it's now it's a matter of just like in what way are we going to work together? Right. And I mean, like I even do that at the end of my emails. I usually like to, I love getting on calls with brands. I find like for me, that's where I'm able to like sell really well. So I'll even be like, Oh, when can we get on a call next week? Not, can we get on a call? When are you free yes, next yes, week? Let's yes. get on a call. Yes. You know? So I like, love that. And I, I feel like I need to do that more. Cause I, I think that I in the same it. way it's selling on calls. That's good. It's just like the same as if you were to like, you were online dating or something like you can talk to someone on Tinder, but like, can you talk to someone in person and have a completely different experience? I mean, it could be good or bad, I guess. But like, you know, like if you've practiced selling and like you're confident in your value and what you are selling, I feel like getting on a call is like, is a sure way to make at least make a better connection with the brand, you know? It is. That's so good. Yeah, that's that's a mandatory for me. Honestly, I find that like brands that maybe don't have the time to get on a call, but I still end up partnering. Like I'll work with them a couple of times, but like the brands that I work with so consistently are always the ones that I like. I'll have multiple calls with them, you know. So I love it. I, love I always that. encourage that. Get comfortable on the phone. I mean, you have yeah. to get comfortable selling yourself, whether it's over email or on the phone, anyway. So. Right. <laughs> right. You almost have a little bit more control over the phone because they can't go anywhere. What are they going to hang up on you? You know what I'm saying? They could, but they're not. They're not. But you kind of got them locked in. Like, yeah. Um, can you guys do ten thousand? You can. Okay, perfect. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I have to but, make a and, clip and, of your face just right there. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my it's God, different. It. It, you know, but it's different in the emails when you're like, "Can you meet me at ten thousand dollars?" Cricket. And they're like. Uh, and then, yeah, like you've <laughs> got to put them on the spot. Yeah. And you've got to right. be prepared to be put on the spot in those situations too. Cause I, I, I just yeah. had a call recently. It's like my second or third call that is, that was like a, a zoom. We had a zoom call and I was like, Oh my gosh, I love it. And we yeah. felt that I felt that connection with the girl too, yep. but it was just, it kind of put each, we put each other on the spot. And even though it was a little uncomfortable, it was like very authentic. And I appreciate that, you know? Yeah. No, I, it definitely, it's a game changer. I think everyone should like, just even do it with like maybe brands that aren't like your top dream brands ever first, like play around with it a little bit. And like, if something comes out of it, great, but like use these brands that are cold pitching you that you're like, eh, to kind of like practice negotiations yeah. on, you know? Yes. I hope y'all are listening. Cause she's dropping <laughs> gems. Like Kristen is dropping <laughs> gems right now. We're just out here trying to help everyone live their best life, you know? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So maybe a controversial question. What is your opinion on? So like once you've gotten the email from the DMS, mm-hmm. you're in that actual email. What's your opinion on attaching media kits or just media kits in general? 
Yeah. Okay. So what I would say is, and I can't remember where I learned this from or who, but apparently if you send a media kit in a cold pitch without having established a conversation with that email address already, it could go to junk or spam. Mm -hmm. And so I personally never want to take that risk. So some things that you can do to avoid that is um, like creating a link to your media kit and then like, you know, plugging it yeah. in a, in the link inside of the email or ask them, say, Hey, would you like to see? And that's a great way to like, leave it open-ended is like, would you like for me to send over my media kit? Right. And so those are like the two things that I would say, I don't typically send it firsthand unless they ask me to. I do the same. Cause again, like I just, I almost feel like sometimes two media kits, like my give more than you need to sometimes a hundred percent you know like sometimes there's like something they might see in your media kit that's like oh wait maybe we don't want to work with her because of this this and this and so like sometimes it's better if they like maybe like it's again it sounds kind of manipulative but like maybe it's better like what they don't know won't hurt them necessarily as long as you're being like ethical you're right And something that I tell my students is like, you don't have to put the amount of followers you have on your media kit. Maybe your engagement rate is a 20% because people that have smaller followings, they have like crazy high engagement. And so I'll tell them, I'm like, leverage those high numbers, leverage your 20% uh, engagement rate, leverage the X amount of views that you get. Yeah. The brands that you've worked with in the past, whatever. Right. Instead of the lower numbers, leverage the high. And that's fine. That's fine. You can do that. You're not lying. Exactly. Like you're not putting it on there, but it's not like they can't go find that information if they want it. Exactly. You know, you're just highlighting your best feature. It's just like you Mm -hmm. would do in any other like job interview or anything like that. Right. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Media kits are one of those things where like I have one, but I almost never use it. Like I use it if a brand asks me for it or again, like if sometimes like I'll link it if I feel it's necessary. Um, But sometimes again, like I I'm always like, is this going to hurt me more than it's going to help me? Like maybe let me just, let me just use this pitch as like an intro. Then maybe again, we'll get on a call. We can have more of a conversation. And then if they ask me for it, I'm obviously going to send it. But like after you've established that relationship with them, like they're almost more sold on like you as a person. And they're like not even really concerned about maybe what's on there, you know? No, that's true. That's so true. And I've only sent my media kit out a few times. But one thing that I always say is it's better to have one and not need it than to not have one and be scrambling around for a campaign that because some brands will be like, oh, we need your answer within the next 12 hours to proceed and you got to sign this contract. So we need your media kit. Yeah. So I think it's good to have it on hand, you know, have it, have it on hand and hope that you don't need it, but you should have one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like I, I have my media kit. I have a rate card. I also have like a case study on file of like Mm. a partnership. I put a PDF together or whatever of like a partnership that I did in the past, obviously one that performed really well so that I can say like, this is actual results from something that happened. So I'll use that sometimes if I ever am like, getting to the point in negotiations where I'm having a really hard time, like reeling them in, I'll be like, all right, well, how about this? Let me drop this bomb on you. Yeah. Um, so I think like having those, those documents as a business, like just like any other business has all of the things that they need, you know, to run. I think as creators, it's important to have that stuff 
just in yeah. case. It yeah. takes not a long time. You can go on Canva. You can go on Etsy. You can get templates. It takes no time to like just plug your photos in, plug your stats in, and you're done. Right. There's no excuse not to have one. Feels good to know that you are prepared as a creator. And you, like you said, you have everything you need. Exactly. No, I completely agree. Okay, so you send the pitch, you know, maybe media kit, maybe, maybe not, whatever you decide. Now, what if you just don't hear back from the brand? Do you send a follow-up? And when do you typically send follow-ups? A lot of times I'm pitching a lot of brands. And so sometimes like I do have a pitch tracker that I may or may not use. I tell, listen, I tell my students like, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. I'm the same um, way. <laughs> but you know, I do have a pitch tracker, but I would say if I don't hear back from the brand within like three days, I'm like coming back and you know, Hey, I'm just checking in about our previous email. Are you open to collaborating or whatever the case may be? Right. Um, but I, I usually give it like three days, three days. Do you send like another follow-up after that if they still don't respond? Yeah, I'm going to bother you. <laughs> I'm like, hi, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, there's this brand that I I, <laughs> I pitched them like a really high, the highest amount that I've ever pitched any brand. I mean, it was it was a lot of money. And uh, they like ghosted me. We have been talking for oh. months. We've been negotiating for months. And they they did say, well, we're wondering why this, price is so much higher than the original price. And I'm like, because you're asking for lifetime usage and like, you know what I'm saying? You're asking for lifetime usage and I can't put my name with you guys without having something to back me up and you have to pay for that. Yeah. And, um, and, and I was like, I would love to talk more and find common ground and then I just never heard back from them. It was a hair company. I wanted like really long, really long weave for my birthday this year. And it's not like, not that it's not going to happen, but that is a brand that I've reached out to, I think two or three times yeah. in the past two months. And I haven't heard back. So like, this is, this is like follow-up week for me. So I will be following <laughs> up with them. I'm, right. I'm not afraid. Like what's the worst thing somebody can do? What's the worst thing that they Literally can do not respond. For, That's yeah, it. <laughs> for following up? They can block you. I think they can block you on email or like block your email address. Probably. <laughs> I don't care. Like block me. Like I'm out here. I'm trying to get it. Like I'm, I don't, I do not care what anybody thinks because I know what I bring to the table. Right. And if I really want to work with a brand, then I'm going to pursue that brand. And it's your loss. If you, yeah. if you block me or you don't respond, it's your loss. I know the quality content I bring. Yes. I know my expertise. I've been doing this for years. So I don't care. I will bother you. That's the mindset really. Cause <laughs> yeah. so many people get so yeah. tripped up on not getting a response. And I'm just like, you're going to send like 20 response or 20 emails before you get two responses. Like yeah. that's just how it goes. And yeah. the thing is too, like, I don't think it, it's always like something people have to take personally. You know what I mean? Like if you send a pitch and don't get a response, that doesn't automatically mean that they hate you and think you are the worst yeah. content creator out there. Like yeah. you're just not a good fit and that's fine. Yeah. They should respond. Yes. But also do you know how many people are pitching them every single day? It would be impossible. Right. And the person could have got fired. Like you never know. Yeah. I've, I've had times where I've reached out and somebody's responded and said, Oh, she's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. You can reach out to so-and-so. And I had been yeah. emailing this person like, Hey, want to work together again? Yeah. Never heard back. And so you just never know what's going on. I would yeah. say don't put all your eggs in one basket, but also like, don't be afraid to look stupid. Cause yeah, I, I you have care. to put yourself out there. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to put yourself out there. If you want to see success, mm-hmm. you have to like 
the fear of looking silly or failing, it has to be like, it has to be smaller or even covered. It has to be overrided by a greater good. So my, basically what I'm saying here is like my desire to create generational wealth for my family, my desire to live a life of freedom, my desire for all my dreams to come true for my G wagon, for my big house on big land (laughs) and all my kids having like a good time, all the family functions and everything that has to outweigh my fear of failure, has to outweigh the fear that I have of what people think about me and my fear of looking silly or like, oh, what is she doing? You have to, and I think that it's important for us to have something to hold on to. And so it's like, what what do you want to hold on to that is going to trump all of those fears? What is it going to be? That's one thing I think so many creators need to just keep in the back of their mind. Like you're going to get rejected a million times, but like you have a a reasoning as to why you're going to keep trying. Yeah. 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 Also the squeaky wheel gets the, gets the oil. Isn't that how it goes? Like you got to keep asking and eventually they're going to be like, God, this girl must really want to work with us. Let's just answer her. So she'll leave us alone. But then they, you do a really good job and they're like, okay, amazing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Man. I feel like I'm the squeaky wheel. A lot of times I'm the squeaky wheel. Like you've got to be. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, that's not a bad thing, honestly. Okay. I want to also ask you, so I know you mentioned earlier today, like, oh, if you see that the brand is like, you know, working on new campaigns or things like that, how can a creator tell if a brand is taking on collaborations or if they're working on a new campaign? Is there a way to like, without asking tell, or do you recommend that you kind of, you know, you ask that brand like, oh, what are you guys working on? Well, I think that it shows that you have interest in them if you ask like, yeah. Hey, um, you know, what, what campaigns do you have coming up? Cause the public doesn't know campaigns coming up, right? The, right. Like what are your fall and winter campaigns? Do you have any, what are your thoughts for Christmas? I would love to like help and support you guys in that. Right. But if you are someone who's like, or if, if you're, if you're not pitching them in that way, you're not asking that question. What you can mm-hmm. do is you can go and look to see what that brand is posting, what hashtags they're using, and then look at the content creators who are also using those hashtags. And if it says like sponsored or partnership or ad, then you're like, okay, this is an active campaign. That's, you know, I think that's like the best telltale sign. Right. And that I've even gone as far as like, I I have quite a few like influencer friends, you know, it it just kind of happens in our industry. You just kind of become friends with other influencers and content creators. And so I will literally go through and look at my friends who are like killing it. Right. And I'll just make a note of every brand they're working with and that they've worked with in the past, like yep. what month. And I go through and pitch them because yep. I know these brands are putting ad dollars. They're, they're putting like marketing dollars behind, behind creators, right? Right. Behind creators. Exactly. And so, um, those are the brands that I typically focus on and I make sure that they're yep. in line with what, you know, what I want to create and, and my brand. Yeah, I do the exact same thing. I think it's a great way not only to tell if they're working with a brand, but also to tell if they're going to be willing to spend actual money. You know, right, because like right. so many of my friends who are creators, I know they're not doing anything for free. You know, the most of them exactly, are probably not. Exactly. So I can look at that, you know, and feel a little bit more comfortable pitching. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Because that's I was literally just having the same conversation with a friend earlier today. I'm like 
Now I know my friend, I know she's not working for free. I know <laughs> exactly. she's not working with Burt's Bees, with all of these, with Walmart, with Target, with all these mm-hmm. companies for free. That's not happening. So right. if they've got money for her, then just maybe they've got a little something for me. You know? <laughs> exactly. Maybe they exactly. got a little something for me. I love that. Okay. And I want to end this off talking about long-term partnerships. So say, you know, you pitch, everything goes really well. You create that content. You, you've you kind of created this good relationship with the brand. How can you turn that into something that's more long-term? Like, you know, obviously as creators, we could pitch all day long, but that gets very tedious. It's a lot easier when we have a lot of brands that we can continuously work with you know, and also I think our audience feels better about that because they start to see us talking about the same things over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. long-term partnerships overall, I think are kind of everyone's goal, you know? So yeah. how have you ever turned partnerships into something that's more long-term? Well, I've had a couple of brands that they walked into the partnership wanting different like waves of content. Mm-hmm. And so that was really cool. And what I've learned from that is that I can negotiate waves like, Hey, yes. let's do a wave in October, a wave in November and a wave in December. That way we can really reach my, my followers in a way that impacts them because they see yes. it more than one time or they at least see it one time with this algorithm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, <laughs> I think that has been really helpful is just leveraging and, and even like the lingo that like waves, like, yeah, let's do three campaign waves, making it sound really like, yeah, oh, okay. She knows what she's talking about and negotiating <laughs> that. Like, don't be afraid to negotiate. Hey, I'm only doing long-term um, or I'm, I'm really, I really love working with brands. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm prioritizing long-term partnerships right now and brands that I can like work with and grow together with. Yes. So if this is something that you're interested in, let's talk about what, you know, a three wave campaign would look like or could look like. And when I'm doing that too, I always try and tell them like, yeah, I typically like put together a package price for my more long-term things as well. And so even when I'm like negotiating price sometime, if a brand is like, oh, that's like a little bit too much for us. I'm like, well, if you wanted to commit to three months of partnership, then I can make each post cost this much instead. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. That's such a great idea. That's a great way to think about it. It's almost like breaking it down, even though it's kind of like in the same, Yeah. because you can literally have like, let's say there's a $2,000, they they have a $2,000 budget and you're like, okay, well, you want three, you want three posts. Let's extend it out. Let's, you you know what I'm trying to say. And it's it's just breaking it, it's splitting it up a bit. It makes them feel like they're getting a sweeter deal basically. Yeah. And like, you're getting more of more consistency around it, you know, like, so you don't have to, for the next two months now, you don't have to go find two more partnerships. Like they're already done for you. So it, it takes time out of what you have to do so that you're spending less time working and then you yeah. feel better about, you know, like the price you're getting because you don't have to work as hard. Right. No, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I love that. This was so helpful. It's so cool to hear like from another coach, you know, how, how pitching works, but honestly, it's, it sounds like most of what we do is very, very similar. <laughs> yeah. It's very similar. And I think everyone's like, everyone's finding their way because yeah. it's ever changing but it's funny because we're finding our way in the same way. It's like, oh, I figured like this worked, yeah. this worked. Like the industry is the same across the board for the most part. So it is, it's really cool. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being yeah. here with us today. Thank you for having me. Of course, we have all of Jordan's information down in the show notes and her influencer starter kit is down there too. So if you just want it done for you so that you don't have to go do all of the work to get all of your, your documents done, that will make your life a lot easier. So you can find that down in the show notes and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Social Scoop brought to you by Your Social Mate, where we help entrepreneurial creators learn how to monetize and turn their online influence into a legitimate, profitable, and self-sustaining business. We hope you absolutely love this episode and come back every Tuesday for a new one. If you really enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review here and send us a DM to let us know your favorite part. We're an open book if you ever want to discuss episodes. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at KBOUSQ. We'll see you next week.